anticipation of our episode on burnout and wellness, we've got with us Dr. Sarah Gray, emergency physician and intensivist at St. Michael's Hospital, who's going to be telling us about one of her worst cases ever on this best case ever series. Sarah, welcome back to EM Cases. Let's hear one of your worst cases ever. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Anton. Thanks for having me. So here's the story. This was a young man that I looked after in the trauma ICU. And he had been in the unit for a couple weeks recovering. And he had a really lovely family who was always there at the bedside uh, supporting him. And so he had been involved in a blunt trauma event and had a variety of significant extremity injuries, but he was also in a halo for an unstable C-spine, and he had been intubated and on a ventilator for some time. And so the week that I was attending in the ICU, we decided it was time to change him from an endotracheal tube to a trach because we had been unable to wean him. Whenever we tried to wean him, he would get extremely agitated, and he was a very young, strong guy. And so on that week, we get him traked, and we start trying to wake him up. Because often, once patients no longer have the tube in, they wake and wean a little bit more easily. But not this guy. We turned his sedation down that morning, but he woke up wild. Uh, So wild that we called a code white. This is actually extremely uncommon for us in the ICU, uh, but he was agitated enough that he hit the nurse and he pulled out his IV and we called for security because we were worried he was going to hurt either himself or other healthcare workers. And so we wanted to give him a bolus of propofol, but he had actually pulled that line out. He still had it at the bedside, but it was just taking a moment to give him the bolus because the nurse needed to switch the propofol to a different line. And during this time, he was thrashing and he was yelling and he was incoherently fighting and grabbing at anything he could. And the next thing he grabbed was his fresh trach that had just been put in. And when trachs have been in for a while, they form a tract. The tract stays pretty open. You can get a new airway in fairly easily. But a fresh trach tends to collapse down, and it can be much harder to find the tract. And so he rips his trach out, and of course his cuff is still inflated, and he rips the sutures right out, and the whole thing starts to bleed. And you can't tell whether he's bleeding from the trachea or from the suture sites or deeper or all of the above. But suddenly, there is a lot of blood in his airway. Wow, my sphincter tone has just went through the ceiling. That must have been a seriously, seriously hairy situation. Uh, So what, what happened next? Okay, so in the next moment, the propofol bolus hits him. And he slumps back in the bed. And his respiratory rate slows. And then it stops. Because when we ordered that bolus, he was still on a ventilator. But now he doesn't have an airway anymore. And his sats start to drop. And we've called for help. And we're trying to find the tract in his neck, but we can't find it. And he's still in his halo, which makes him a very challenging airway from the top. And his airway is filling up with blood. So we can't use the bronch to get in from the top. And then he goes into a PEA arrest, presumably from the hypoxia. And so we want to start CPR, but he's still in his halo vest. Uh, 
And you can't do effective CPR while they're in the vest, so we typically keep a wrench attached to the patient. We often tape it right to the center of the vest so it's always there. That way you can get the vest off whenever you need to in an emergency. Except his wrench isn't there. We find out later that it was taken off that morning for his chest x-ray to be taken, and it was never put back. It was forgotten. And so we couldn't find a wrench. So we send people to go get one, and anesthesia hasn't arrived yet, and ENT isn't in-house, but they're coming, they're on their way, and other surgeons are coming. But in the interim, we can't deliver excellent CPR. We can't get him intubated while he's still in the halo, and we lost the tract in his trachea, and he was bleeding like mad from the site, which was making it hard even to bag him as his lungs and his mouth were filling up with blood. And by the time we got a halo wrench and we got the vest off and we got the airway, it was too late. He had been down for too long, and we were unable to get return of spontaneous circulation. And so we lost him, and it was a total disaster. It was a disaster for the nurses at the bedside. It was a disaster for the RTs. It was a disaster for myself and the medical team. Explaining what happened to his family was possibly the most difficult meeting I have ever had. Despite how lovely and kind they were, they lost their son, who they loved so much, which is just an indescribable tragedy. And for me, I didn't sleep for weeks after that case. I didn't eat well. I had nightmares. I would have flashbacks. I relived it all the time. In fact, I can still relive it, and it's been years and years since that case happened. And I still get goosebumps when I talk about it. I still remember that room so clearly that I can feel like I'm there. These cases lead us towards burnout. We all have cases that haunt us. And over the years, if you accumulate a number of these cases, it's a lot of demons to carry around inside your head. It's a lot of baggage. And that baggage can lead us to despair and to burnout. And if you don't find healthy ways to deal with this, they can haunt you forever. It actually took me a long time to realize this. But now I talk about this case more and about how it makes me feel. And whenever I do, I have people come up to me and say, I've been there too. I know what you went through. And rather than feeling isolated, once I start to talk about it, I start to feel a little better. I also teach about this case so that other people can avoid the pitfalls that happened to us that day, because perhaps by teaching, I can prevent a future similar case. And my last thought is this. In the weeks after that case, I was looking for ways to make sure it would never happen again, because once was way more than enough. And my father ran a toolmaking business. And so after that case, I had him make me my own halo wrench. I still carry it in my pocket whenever I look after a patient in a halo so that they can have their own wrench taped to them or to their bed, but I always have a spare in my back pocket so I can keep them safe in part. But maybe more importantly, that wrench gives me a little talisman 
a reminder that my family is always there to back me up. That wrench is my touchstone. Wow, Sarah, um, I'm I'm amazed at the just the courage that you've had to bring this case to EM cases and talk about it, knowing that it's going out to thousands of healthcare providers who are going to listen to it. You've had the courage to bring this forward and, and talk about it openly in a public forum, I think is admirable. This is something that I think should be happening more and more, not only in emergency medicine and medicine in general, and this is something that we're going to talk about how it can be easier for people who have had similar situations in the past. And if you've been practicing long enough, everyone's had horrible disaster cases for the benefit of their patients, for the benefit of the team, for the benefit of themselves. There are things that can be done afterwards to make it better for everyone. And uh, that's something that we'll talk about in more detail in the upcoming episode. Thanks, Anton. Another day streaks the skies with blue Another day don't know what I'll do Another day says come on let's go Another day I'll say I don't Another day puts it on my plate Another day I'll push it away And another day says it all can't change Another day I'll just stay the same Well it could be the gifts, it could be the takes Could be the way they make me hate could be the crowds and all their voices Could be there's just too many choices Another day moves ahead in time Another day I'm one more behind And another day shimmers oh so high Another day's gone and where was I? Well it could be the gifts, it could be the takes Could be the way that make me could be the crowds and all their voices Could be there's just too many choices Could be the road goes on too far Could be I'm waiting on my star Could be the world and all its schemes Don't have the room for one more dream